Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am your hostess with the mostest, Emily Morgan. Thought I'd change it up a bit. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening once again every week um, that I broadcast the show. You guys never fail. We're actually almost at 4,000 total listens. I know that for some people, their podcast is in the hundred thousands, even millions. I just can't believe this podcast has been listened to at least 4,000 times. What? That's amazing. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate you. I love you. And let's keep it going. Um, Yeah. So first topic, let's talk about my movie theater experience. I haven't been to the movies. Oh, man. I think the last time I was at the movies, it was before March. So I'm thinking like February maybe. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And so I stayed home and I didn't go to the movies. I pushed myself to go to a movie. Um, As you all know, I've moved from Eastern Mass to back to Western Mass where I'm from. So I went to a movie theater that was local. Um, the Regal Cinemas at MGM Springfield. I'd never been at that location before, so I also wanted to experience that for the first time. And I also wanted to, you know, it was about 1 o'clock, and I knew that I was going to be meeting my, um, I had a birthday party to go to later on. Um, So I wanted to at least get lunch. You know, and at Regal Cinemas, they have my favorite. And I know, I know, I know, I'm going to talk about it later, but I just wanted to splurge. So they have my favorite. It's a cheeseburger with waffle fries, and I get a water with it, and um, the smallest cup of popcorn, because movie theater popcorn today gives me a stomachache. Um, the only place that doesn't give me a stomachache is Cinemark. They pop their butter or they pop their popcorn in canola oil. Regal Cinema uses coconut oil. AMC uses soy. Um, yeah, I just I don't think I have an allergy to either of those, but whenever I get the movie popcorn over there that goes through my stomach, like literally. Also, Showcase Cinema uses canola oil. So I'm good eating popcorn at either Showcase or Cinemark. Well, neither of those are, well, Showcase isn't even near me now in Western Bath, and Cinemark near me was not open. So Regal it was. And so I get there, and I'm like, all right. He goes, yeah, we have a limited menu. 
first of all, the screen that shows all the food was off, and that should have been a red flag. And I was like, what do you mean limited menu? Popcorn in a bag, fountain soda, or I'm sorry, um, bottle soda, because they don't want to touch anything, or um, ice cream and candy and and those little um, packets. I was so disappointed. Never mind the fact that at MGM Springfield, they don't put up signs where you go to park. There, I was driving around for five freaking minutes trying to look for the entrance to the parking lot or a parking garage, sorry. It took me five minutes, and I did it on my own. No signs. Like, what the hell? So then I finally get parked. Then I go inside, and I'm like, how the hell do I get to the movie theater? Again, no signs. You have to literally go inside the movie theater. Or, I'm sorry, you have to go inside a restaurant to go up escalators to get to the movie theater. What? How would I have figured that out? I actually had to ask somebody, how do I get to the movie theater? And they told me, what the fuck, dudes? So I get situated, and I knew going into it, it would be at 30% capacity anyway. I actually, the theater, the entire theater, my seat included. Or excluded. Yeah, excluded. Sorry. So... I was one of eight people in the entire theater, and we were pretty spread apart. So I was able to take my mask off when I was drinking. Um, I actually did order the um, Italian ice because I was really hot and I wanted to cool down. And, of course, I snuck in my own candy. (laughs) But I was so mad I wasn't able to get my cheeseburger. And so I saw the movie Tenant. So let's talk about that. All right, John David Washington will win an Oscar in his lifetime. This man is such a fantastic actor. He really is. So let me try to explain Tenet to you without giving away any spoilers. Tenet is a movie about a a protagonist trying to stop a man, Kenneth Branagh, from completing a formula that will, how do I put this? That will invert time. So, you walk into a room and you see bullets on the window. Or on the wall, let's say. To the window. To the wall. Sorry. Um, just made me think. So you see bullets on the wall, and you're like, what? There's no shell casings. What's going on? That hasn't happened yet. So you have time, and you start to see the bullet hole closing up, which means something's going to happen in the near future that is going to create those bullet holes. What's worse is that if you get hit by a bullet, an inverted bullet like that, you're just dead. It's like you're done. 
But the thing is, when I first started watching this movie, I did not look away. I didn't blink nothing. Ten minutes of the movie, I was already confused. And it didn't help when it got further in. I literally had to sit down and read the synopsis of the film after I saw it. And I still don't get it. (laughs) Like, this movie was so confusing. And it wasn't confusing, like, Inception, where you're a little bit confused, but you get it. It, no, let me, let me back up. Inception was complex. It wasn't confusing. Memento was complex. It wasn't confusing. This fucking movie, fucking confusing. I'm like, wait, I shook my head about five times. This movie could have ended... I want to say a half hour before it ended. At the two-hour mark, I was like, all right. I was that Judge Judy uh, gif, like, tapping the desk, tapping my, my wrist. Oh, my goodness. And then there was this explanation scene where this guy, uh, Aaron Johnson Taylor, was explaining what to do and blah, blah, blah to the soldiers. And then someone asked a question. He goes, Anyone else have any stupid questions? I'm thinking, stupid questions? This is a fucking stupid movie. I couldn't believe that that character had the audacity to say something like that in this fucking movie. Christopher Nolan, this wasn't it. I'm sorry, boo-boo. This wasn't it. This movie wasn't it. Thank you for having a black man play the lead, but you missed on so many things. Number one, you should have made a love story in there somewhere for this man or a previous love story. I had no idea who he was, and then Robert Pattinson was in it, and they had all this help from these other people, and I didn't know who those people were, why they were helping. I just, I was literally confused by that whole fucking movie. I stood up after the movie was over. I was like, well, that was a waste of my money. And then somebody else, other people started laughing. What is going on? Christopher, sweetheart, the special effects were tremendous. Seeing birds fly backwards, seeing a helicopter fly backwards, amazing. Work on the story. John was amazing. John David was fucking amazing. I see great things for him. And, well, I'm going to say it. With the death of Chadwick Boseman, we need a strong black lead now. Hollywood needs it. That would be John David Washington. He will step into roles that Chadwick would have had because their acting ability is so on point. It's, like, so similar. I, yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with John David Washington. I've been obsessed with him since Black Klansman, and I still think got robbed of a motherfucking Oscar nomination. He was fucking full on. Like, that movie wouldn't have been what it was without him. How... Adam Driver got a nomination and he didn't. And Adam Driver was good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna knock that. 
But John David should have gotten Oscar nomination. He was phenomenal in that movie. Let me stop. Let me stop because I'm getting heated, y'all. I'm getting heated. Um, yeah, so I also started watching um, – I didn't watch Man of Steel because it wasn't on HBO Max for some weird reason. But I watched um, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And I watched the Justice League. Um, why it's called Batman versus Superman Donald Justice is because Batman and Superman were pitted against each other by Lex Luthor, and it was the dawn of the Justice League. Things that happened in that movie triggered the Justice League to happen in the next movie. Um, I will go back on my word. When I first saw this movie, I did not like it. Um, I think I was comparing it to Marvel, and I have since stopped comparing anything to Marvel. Marvel is a well-oiled machine that has Kevin Fig in the middle of it, and he Kevin orchestrates such a beautiful masterpiece of 22 films all tying together. This man is a genius. DC isn't like that. DC wants to be like that so badly, but David S. Goyer, uh, Zack Snyder, they aren't it. They have a lot of missteps when it comes to their writing and direction, but because they make a little bit of money here and there, people forgive them. I will go on record in saying this. Although I do like Man of Steel because I love Henry Cobble, I do not like the script. It didn't tell me anything new. It was all disjointed and out of order, the flashbacks I'm relating to. And I just didn't feel like I gained anything from that movie. Yeah, Superman killed someone, okay? So, I like it because it gave me Wonder Woman. And when I'm watching the film now, completely removing it from Marvel, I like it. I actually like it. That movie got Wonder Woman made. Let's just say it. Let's say it. The interest with Wonder Woman was sky high after that movie because of Gaul. Gaul is Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. Period, point blank, that's the end of the fucking story. Of course, it also gave us a glimpse into the other superheroes, Aquaman and Flash and Cyborg. Um... Justice League, the reason why I think people hated it, even though it made like $800 million, is because it was too marveled. Like, again, I'm trying to separate the two, but when 
Joss Whedon came in, he marveled it up. He didn't leave it its own thing. So having said that, I am interested in seeing what Zack Snyder, his cut brings. He had to leave, as you, you know, we've talked about, Ellie and I have talked about it. He had to leave the project uh, because uh, his, his daughter committed suicide. Him and his wife had to both leave the project. Deborah Snyder, who was a producer. So then Joss took over. And so now what they're doing in 2021, this makes no sense. HBO Max is going to release the Zack Snyder version in four parts because it's going to be four hours long. And then they're going to stream it all together and make one big four-hour movie. What? Why don't you just stream it all together? We are home. We're not doing anything. Like, fuck. What, what are you doing? Warner Brothers is doing too much. Like, you guys are doing too much. But, yeah. I went online to see if I could get some insight into what the differences would be. Definitely much darker. It's definitely much darker in set, much darker in lighting, much darker in uh, tone. I'm okay with that. That more in line is in line with Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, but what's what's breaking it up and putting it back together? Like you guys are weird. Stop being weird. Just release it as as a film. Like, what the fuck? This four-part thing is stupid. And if it's in four parts and you're trying to make them pay for it, I won't pay for it. But you know. Mulan, I'm going to wait till it's free. I'm not paying 30 bucks. Even the movie yesterday, it was a matinee. I paid $9. I'm not paying $30 to stay at home. And I'm not going to pay $17 to go to a movie theater and not have the full experience anymore. You guys spoiled us. Sorry. You spoiled us. You gave us concierge buttons where we can get food and drinks. We can't do that anymore. So guess what? I'm not going to the movie. Not until it reopens fully. Sorry. Can't go backwards. When I was a kid, we had to sneak in our food because all you guys had was soda, candy, and uh, popcorn. That's it. Now you're going back to that, and you want me to go back. Hell no. Not when the ticket prices are so much more. Ticket prices when I was a kid was like four bucks a piece. Now it's like matinee is nine dollars, and you want me to go back? Fuck that shit. Huh. So I'm going to wait till it's fully reopened. Sorry. Um, so just a complete movie talk. I did announce on my Instagram, uh, Miss Emmy Morgan, that I am officially a contributing writer and also a consulting producer on Kitty, the film. Um, 
It's my first IMBD credit, guys. I'm so excited. I feel like... Here's the thing. I know I'm a good person because good things are happening to me. If bad stuff was happening to me, I might still think I'm a good person, but I'd question what what I'm doing. If I'm a good person, why is this happening? If I'm a good person, why is this happening? But amazing things are happening. So every day I wake up in the morning, it takes about five minutes. I have 10 affirmations that I do, and I have 10 desires that I do. Every single morning that I wake up. And if I have a bad day at the end of the day, I assess my situation. How did I contribute to my own bad day? What was my reaction to that? Did I act appropriately? If I didn't act appropriately and I have the ability to apologize for my behaviors, I do it right before I go to bed so that I don't take that bad energy with me when I wake up tomorrow. So, yeah, so Kitty is been running. I'm so excited. We're going to be filming next year, and I will be in Atlanta. Hopefully, I'll get to meet Josh Murray. Um, I so want to meet him. But I also have family. Uh, my dad's side and family's out there, so I'll be visiting with them. Uh, get to see my mom's sister out there, Aunt Agnes, and her kids, who are friends with my dad's side of the family. Weird coincidence. I, I don't know. But yeah, this movie is going to change my life for the better because it's gonna it it's gonna give me so much that I wanted, you know. Because of this film being attached to this film, we're gonna bring, hopefully, we're gonna spark some more transgender stories. Um, hopefully, we will have people looking at trans people a little bit differently. And not wanting to kill us, not wanting to make us a secret, not wanting to think that we're freaks. Hopefully from this movie, I will get contacts that I can, you know, start my reality TV show and other things that I've wanted to do. Hopefully from this movie, I will get closer to my dad's side of the family while being down there. And hopefully I'll meet Josh Murray and... Just there's so many things that are going to come from this movie. I'm so, so, so excited. Um, the most important thing, though, is I'll be able to spend some quality time with my best friend, Brandon. I miss him so much. I haven't seen him all year. Every year we see each other once, and we haven't seen each other this year, and I'm really, really missing him. So hopefully I get to see him. Um, or, I mean, I will. <laughs> I will get to see him next year. Um, but, yeah. So I'm very excited about this project. It's um, going to change my life in so many positive ways. So Now for the juicy stuff. Um, keeping up with the Kardashians announced that they were ending... Uh, crazy. It's the end of an 
it's the end of an era. I thought they were going to go on forever. I honestly did. I'm not going to lie to you. But here's the thing. I think they all outgrew the show, to be honest with you. Chris is going to go on to uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Orange County or whatever it is. Courtney is going to do um, Poosh, her lifestyle brand website. She's going to focus on that. Uh, Kim will get her own law office and start doing, um, start working pro bono on legal cases for people that are wrongfully imprisoned, which is amazing. Um, Chloe will continue to do her genes, uh, Good, Good American, and also she'll probably continue her TV show Revenge Body. Um, Kendall will continue modeling, and Kylie will continue her Kylie Cosmetics. Um, I feel bad for Rob because he always gets left out of the equation. I think that man has so much potential and so much talent to give to this world, but for some reason, he's just not able to do it. I, I wish he would. I think Rob is. Rob has a business degree. I think he would be an amazing business person. I just hope that Chris puts him under her wing and kind of guides him and, and makes him a viable force in business because he's, he's a decent dude. Um, I missed him on the show all these years. So I think everyone's outgrown the show, to be honest with you. And I think it's just time to, it's time to move on. It is. Um, I'm okay with it. And that's coming from somebody who's watched from day one. I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians Season one, episode one, all the way to present. Um, I've secretly loved the show. I've watched Kim in her marriages. I've cheered on Courtney and Scott. I still believe that they are going to get back together at some point. Um, yeah, I just think it's time. I think it's time for the show to end. Um, it's going to be crazy because like my nieces, they won't know what the heck that is. Kind of like my nephew doesn't know what the Osbournes are. You know, my nephew's 17, but my nieces who are eight, wait, seven, eight, and one, they don't. They don't know what the Kardashians are. My older niece, um, who's 14, she knows, but she doesn't watch it, I don't think. But, yeah, it's just crazy to think that these kids won't really know who they are and whatnot. But, yeah, so that's ending. Um, Power Book 2. I finished Episode 2 this morning. I got to tell you, and I know that I'm saying this so early in the game, I fucking love this show. Every character, I'm just, like, foaming at the mouth to see on TV. Like, the characters don't have enough screen time for me. I want everybody on the, on the, the screen at the same time. Like, geez, the weep. They even brought people back from the original Power 
to filling gaps. And I even like Tariq. That, if you can make me like Tariq, you win. Because I hated that kid. All six seasons of Power, I hated him. Two episodes of the new show, and I think he's cool. He's redeemed himself for me. I don't get it. I just, I love this show so much. And just when I think I know how it's going to go, it does a curve. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I'm obsessed with this show. It is so good. I'm going to say it. It's better than the original. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Better than the original. Way better. Um, but also, too, I think my expectations were different. When I saw the first series, I didn't know anything about power. Now I've been fully invested in six seasons, and I know these characters. So I understand, like, what it takes for, like, if I was a new viewer, I, I don't know. I don't think I would really understand everybody. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the show. Mary J. Blige's character, that woman is a fucking viper. She, she's dangerous. Like, I'm fucking scared of her. I really am. That woman, she'll look at you and you'll think, she's so pretty. Like, how could she be, like, whatever? And then, you know, she'll turn her head, mumble something, turn her head back. You're dead. You're dead. Her son, Kane is one of the hottest killers I've ever seen on any show since Vincent from the previous show. Serious thing. Oh, my God. Kane is so fucking sexy. I don't get it. Uh, and, and, like, the weird thing is, I actually talked to Shane. I'm like, why do I have such a huge crush on Sax and I don't crush on you? I don't get it. And he's like, I don't know. It's not weird. Sax is my favorite character because he goes through the most shit out of everybody. And one minute he's a lackey, the other one he's trying to do good, and then the next minute he's, like, somewhere in the middle. Like, ah, I just love that character. He's so unpredictable. I love that character. But, yeah. Yeah. And even one of the characters came back from the previous series that I did not like. And I'm like, ugh, there comes this puta. And then they, like, end up being decent, doing the right thing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a new set of writers or if the old set of writers learned their lesson. I'm not sure, but wow, what a show. What a show. If you like the original Power, you will love this one. Wow. Bravo. You guys did an amazing job. Amazing job. Um, I think that's all the TV discussion. Well, okay, let's... We have a couple things that came out of Bachelor Nation this week. Um, I listened to two episodes of Behind the Rose with Blake Hortzman. Um... One was Chris Radon, and the other was uh, Clay Harbor. Chris Radon was married to Crystal. I don't know her last name. I don't care. Um, 
it was a good interview, but I was I was a little confused by it. So Christopher Dome, for those of you who don't know, he was on I think um oh, what season was Chris on? I think he was on Becca's season. Becca uh um shoot. Yeah, he was he was on Becca's season. Okay. And he ends up going to Paradise after and meets Crystal Nielsen and they get together and they get married. And then they broke up this February and now they're, you know, going through a divorce. Chris's whole interview with Blake was like, oh, I'm having such a tough time. You know, I'm going from physically with somebody to not. And I was understanding. But then he said, you know, she never even reached out to me. What? He literally said that his ex-wife did not reach out to him during quarantine. You're getting a divorce. What do you want her to do, check in on you? That was a weird comment for him to say. I just thought that was strange. Everything else I agreed with, you know, like, I can only imagine what it would be like to have making somebody your world. And literally, I want to tell you guys, if you go on Chris Redone's Instagram, every picture is him and Crystal, except for save about five where he's by himself or with a dog. Every picture is about Crystal. I'm sorry. I do not want to be with a guy who makes me his life. I want to be part of his life, but I don't want to be the reason he exists. That would creep me out. And maybe that's what broke them up. I have no idea. I'm not going to I'm not going to conject like that, but I was freaked out by that. Oh. And so when he said that, I was like uh, what? I don't know, whatever. But he sounds like a good guy. The only other thing I thought was strange was that he's like, I can't wait till this pandemic's over so I can get myself out there and, you know, hang out with all kinds of people. It basically sounded like he wanted to be a whore. Like, it just, it sounded weird. I don't think he, like, thought before he got on the show of, you know, what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. I think he just went off the cuff. Um... This man, he's been through some shit. He's been through some shit. But the biggest thing that he's gone through was losing weight. Why I say that's the biggest thing is when you're overweight, people look at you differently, especially men. Women, there are guys who are what, what's called chubby chasers. There are guys who like bigger women. And these guys could be bodybuilders. They could be super fit. They like bigger women for whatever reason. Bigger men, it's tough. Got to be tough for them. So going from that to being fit and what he looks like now, I guarantee you, 
that was mind-blowing for him, and that changed his life. Like, he wouldn't have been on The Bachelorette bigger. He wouldn't have gotten Crystal bigger. His life changed the minute that he got skinnier. So, for him to go and say that, I mean, I felt bad for him. I felt like, I wish that Blake had said, you know, maybe he said it in private, I'm not sure, but buddy, you don't need a person in your life to be happy. You should be happy and have somebody walk into your life. But it sounded like Chris's existence is based on having a relationship. That's just, from my perspective, that's how it sounded. It couldn't, maybe it's not reality, but I kind of just wish that he would, because she's in a new relationship now, I wish he would respect that, alter his social media. Because right now it's a shrine to his ex-wife and it's kind of creepy, especially knowing that she moved on. He knows that she's moved on. He's the one that said it. He still has all their, their pictures up together. Creepy. Um, Clay, on the other hand, threw me for fucking loop. That guy is so much more than looks. I, um, first of all, I have to say, and I've said it before, I know, Clay Harbor has the best butt in television history. Literally, I've never seen a butt like his before, ever. He's on his Instagram, and I just, like, I can't even believe a human being has a butt like that. Aside from that, I didn't know who the hell he was. I knew that he dated uh, women that were lighter skinned. He, he liked Spanish women, apparently. I hadn't seen him with a black girl, though. I thought that was funny. Um, in his interview with Clay, he, or um, Clay, with Blake, he had stated, you know, my parents didn't graduate high school. I have a brother and sister. I was, you know, my brother is amazing, and I followed in my brother's footsteps, and I stopped being a bad kid, and I went the, you know, the good route, and I went to college, and I played football, and I was like, wow, I had no idea, and it really changed my perspective of Clay. He's not just a nice butt. He's like an actual human being, and I know that sounds weird to say, but, um, yeah, it totally changed my perspective of him, and he's, he seems like a gentle giant. Like, he's so sweet. He's so soft-spoken. I just love him. I love Clay. I think he's amazing. And I do hope he finds love because he seems like such a deserving person of that. God, my heart. Oh, I love him so much. But this is probably the most dramatic story and back to the history right now. Um, oh, boy. Colton and Cassie. Let me tell you something. That relationship is America's fault. It is. I watched Colton's season. Cassie dumped him. She said, I don't want to be in a relationship. She left. He's standing there crying, goes after her, jumps over a fence that is on the property he's staying at, 
goes to her hotel room, begs her for a second chance, gives him, gives her his virginity, pressures her into meeting his family in Spain. You heard me right. You can watch it. You can watch this stuff happen on TV. I'm not making this up. This is like on TV. He's like, I want you to meet my family. She's like, I don't know. This is so fast. And she starts bawling. He's like, it's going to be okay. And he pushes her inside. So she feels a ton of pressure. They get together at the end. They're together, blah, blah, blah. Quarantine happens. They break up. And guess what? The whole time this is going on, everyone's like, they're so romantic. He went to great lengths. And I'm over here like, I don't know. I think they're kind of creepy. I think they're a creepy couple. And my friends are like, why? He jumped over a fence. I go, she said no. It's not like she, she just didn't want to be with him. She said in her gut, I don't want to be with you. She couldn't really give a reason. And then he forced her into this relationship with cameras watching. Oh, you're so pessimistic. No, I'm being realistic. Like, this is not a good relationship, guys. And did you see how he pressured her to meeting his family? She didn't want to do it. She was crying. Oh, she was just nervous. Nervous or not, she didn't want to do something. If a woman says no, a woman says no. Aren't we taught that? So, well, they ended up together in the end. I go, I don't know. Then they pissed me off. They pissed me off because they posted a picture of each other while they were together, and they put hashtag love wins. That's not what that is for. Love wins, and I talked about this on an earlier podcast. Love wins is specifically for LGBTQ relationships because it's LGBTQ people have died for holding each other's hand walking down the street, have gotten beat up, have gotten their homes burglarized, have gotten their cars robbed and and broken into, and all of this other stuff. Love wins is not for a heterosexual couple on TV. Cut the shit. That pissed me off, as you can tell. So they broke up during quarantine. Plus, Colton got coronavirus. So, everyone's like, oh, it's so sad. I hope they get back together. I'm like, guys, you didn't watch the same romance that I did. And then it comes out that she has a restraining order against Colton, alleging that he put a tracking device under under her car. Oh, I'm so surprised. I'm not. After everything he just did to get with her, you guys are surprised he did this? Guys, come on. What he did wasn't romantic in the beginning, and because she allowed it, he went a step further and put a tracking device under her car. I wasn't surprised. So she um, has a judge waiting to hear her case on October 6th for a domestic violence prevention hearing. 
I'm just going by what I saw as a fan. What those real details are, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I'm just going by, like I said, I saw the season. I saw what they were doing on social media. Whatever. That, that's my opinion. People, I want you to listen to me. Stop contacting Blake Horseman. Let's say he has the tea because he hung out with Colton just recently. Let's say he does have the tea. The full story from Colton and Kathy. Do you really think he's going to fucking tell you? You're being weird. Do your own research. Come up with your own opinion. Leave it at that. That's it. That's all you need to do. Um, yeah. Anyway. That's my rant on them. Speaking of doing your own research. So I'm on TikTok, as you all know. And I'm almost at 1,000, so I'm going to go live. Hopefully I'll get 1,000 this week. Um, there are a couple people that have grow parties. And what grow parties are is you hop on someone's live, you give them a gift, they shout out your name, and every person in that live gives you a follow. My most successful grow parties have been underscore Dusty Rose, John Collins 21, and Cajun White Boy 1. Um, I'm at 8-something, 45 maybe? So almost at a thousand. But the reason why I mention it is because Cajun Boy One has been banned from TikTok. A user got him banned. She didn't do her research. On his profile, he has sex offender miss he has a whole like website. He is a registered sex offender. If the person did their research, and funny enough, they did do the research. They just didn't go far enough. What happened was he got into some drama with his ex, and she claimed falsely that he did something to someone, a a minor. Um, I say falsely because if you do the research, you see his arrest from 2000, or yeah, 2016. His arrest is on a website. And in the comments, people that know him say to other people, hey, DM me, I'll give you the full story. This isn't, this isn't telling the full story. Um, someone says, oh, he's a piece of shit. I hope he rots. No, you don't know the full story. I'll tell you about it. The woman that got him banned on TikTok is in the comments saying, yeah, I'm trying to get him banned. She's not reading that other people are saying this isn't the full story, nor does she care probably. So my point is, is, is posting videos and you can't really truly reach out to anybody. I mean, I have made some friends through um, Messenger and, you know, but I'm not going to meet them in person yet. They're friends, though. But my point is, let's say he was a child 
molester, whatever people are claiming him to be, a sex offender. And he was looking to prey on kids. Yeah, by all means. By all means, get rid of him. He should be canceled forever. But he does grow parties. And the information is out there that he's not the person that is being portrayed. So why then would you treat him like he is? I don't get it. I'm I'm thoroughly confused. Karen, stop. You're doing too much. Stay in your lane, Karen, because what you put out there will come back to you. I'm telling you. So, yeah, that happened. Um, I miss him. I miss that book. Um, I've been able to make some, like I said, friends on, on the on the TikTok. Uh, his moderator, Jolie. Oh, my gosh. I love Jolie. Jolie is like, he is awesome. I love him. Love you, Jolie. Mwah. Um, follow Jolie012589. After you follow me, Miss Emmy Morgan, you can follow Jolie. Okay. He, Jolie is amazing. He's so funny, sassy, everything. Love him. Um, but yeah. I also, <laughs> I also, <laughs> um, shot my shot on Insta and, I made a TikTok where I announced who my TikTok crushes, and it's Connor Patrick 12. Um, he totally doesn't know who I am or cares, but he's so cute. He's the guy that I talked about last week that lost all the weight, and then, like, he looks gorgeous. But I would have dated him before, but he still looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, totally shot my shot with him. He hasn't responded, but that's okay. He knows I'm out there now. <laughs> so funny. He's actually in Connecticut too, so who knows? We might meet one day. Um, yeah. So I do want to say to Broadway and everyone associated with Broadway, I am so sorry. You guys have been dark for seven weeks and oh, some of you, it's your livelihood and my heart just breaks for you guys. I am so sorry. I hope this I hope this ends soon you and for us and I can't wait when it does reopen I'm going to try my damnedest to get out there and see a Broadway show to support I mean I just oh I feel so bad for you guys but um so I think I've talked about it before so I just want to give you guys an update I've said this before and I'll continue to say it every transgender woman especially every trans feminine woman. No, I'm just going to stick with transgender woman. Our journeys are all different. Some of us that are trans women, we don't mind our masculinity. We live in our masculinity. And some of us want to erase all signs of masculinity. And then there's some people that are in between. Um, 
my journey is that I'm going to be I'm going to try to be as feminine as I can. Not to conceal who I am from anybody, but it's just I want to be that person I thought I would never be. When I was a kid, I never, ever, ever thought I'd be able to transition. Never. I thought, listen, I'm going to have to wait till my next life, and hopefully I get the girl card. Um, I'm closer to that now more than ever. So one of the things I'm considering is facial feminization, but I'm also in the midst of body sculpting surgery. I um, think I also talked about it before. I had a lot of depression and when I first came out as trans, and I ate my feelings, excuse me, and I gained over 100 pounds, I'm looking to reshape my body, not just lose weight. So in order to have the body sculpting surgery, I do need to lose weight. So I actually can tell you that I lost 10 pounds in two weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Sorry. Three weeks. Um. So excited because I have to be a certain weight and body um, body mass index in order to get the surgery. So the surgery will do is it'll like literally what it says, sculpt your body, you know, give you the measurements. I'm going by measurements. I want certain measurements. And I don't care how much I weigh. It's just because I carry weight differently. When I was 150 pounds, I looked emaciated. When I was 180 pounds, I looked healthy. So I don't know. Um, and I'm only 5'8", so I don't get it. But anyway, I am trying to get back to what I had before with a little extra because, you know, now I got boobs and whatever. So, yeah, that's what I'm considering. Um, I mean, I'm, like, in the middle of right now. Um Hopefully, I'll have that surgery by the end of the year. And then next year, I'll have the big one, the big surgery. Exciting times right now. But I'll keep you guys updated. Um, Before I let you go, I did want to do my Eva Mendes moment. And my Eva Mendes moment came last night. I hung out with my three sisters by love and my grandmother by love. It was her birthday, September 5th. And, you know, it's a little late, but whatever. We, it was the five of us, and we went to um, a Mexican restaurant. And I met these girls in 1986. I just showed my age. I was 10. And it's so crazy we're like in the middle of our conversation. We're laughing. We're telling all these stories, blah, blah, blah. And Grammy looks at me and she's like, imagine what your life would have been like if you didn't meet these girls. And for a second, I'm like, huh. Yeah. And then I just, I can't imagine my life. What would my life be like? I don't know. I said to her jokingly, like, yeah, I'd probably be a sane person. But 
that's not true. I can't imagine what my life would be like without meeting these women. These these women are my sisters. They're the only family that I've had when my mom's family failed and my mom failed. So it's like crazy. This, this family is the basis of these three books. Desiree has this surrogate family and, and these three books that I wrote, and it's based off of them. So it's like, I don't know where I would be. Emotionally, physically, I don't know. So I was so hangry yesterday, too. Oh, my gosh. I felt so bad. The beginning of the day, I was so hangry. And I was just like, yeah, I'm hangry, so just go easy. Because <laughs> I was, like, ready to snap at someone. But, Yeah. So that was my even-ended moment. I do want to plug a couple podcasts, too. Uh, Let Me Be Frank. He's a friend of the show. Sapphire's Earplay and Spock University. All three um, are wherever you listen to podcasts. Fuck University. So Sapphire's Earplay. Sapphire was a producer on a radio show of yeah, a radio show that, uh, radio station that I was uh, following. The, uh, one of the uh, DJs, DJ, um, radio personality, Frankie, he was a radio personality here in Boston. He moved out to San, San Diego. He got a radio gig and Sapphire was the producer. I would, you know, call in and talk to Frankie sometimes or whatnot. And Tati, can't forget Tati, his co-host. She's amazing. All three of those people are amazing, by the way. Um, But I got really close to Sapphire. And Sapphire is pansexual. She's a pan woman. Um, And she's in a uh, polyamorous relationship with Mr. Suit and Tie, who I um, ended up connecting with through social media. This man is so sexy. He is so sexy. Oh my God. Um if I if I could, I I totally would hook up with both of them. Because they're both like Sapphire is just she's so such a beautiful human being. But she's like a sister. I can't, you can't do that with your sister. And then, like, Mr. Student Tie, I'd want him for myself. I'd be like, okay, nobody else can have him. I, he's mine now. But, of course, he's in a polyamorous relationship. So, so that's not going to work. But I can just drool. Um, he is, and his voice is so sexy. Oh, my God. So she has her own podcast with her friend Yaz. Um, on Sapphire's earplay, and they talk sex, they talk whatever. Current topic, Buck University is with Mr. Shoot and Tie, and they actually dive into sex on a more um, detailed platform. You know, like, how do you give a good blowjob? What, what types of sex can be hurtful? Talk about, you know, trans issues, blah, 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 like, polyamorous. Like, they go into detail. It's like sex education. 
So listen to those three podcasts. You will love them. I promise you. Especially Frank. Frank is a character. I fucking love that guy. He is so he is so amazing. But Sapphire's two podcasts are, are really cool. So. Um, so so that was my my Eva Mendes moment, my plug, and I'd like to give a shout out to my ex boyfriend, Josh. It is his birthday today and I hope, and I told him this already, I hope that you have as an amazing birthday as you are a person. I am lucky enough to have dated him for nine months on and off in 2008. We've been best friends ever since then. We actually have this place in Boston, which last I heard had a fire. Um... I want to see if it's okay now. Oh, it's still... So it had a kitchen fire, a two-alarm kitchen fire last December. And it's still closed for renovations because they're redoing it and trying to rebuild it. But that has been our spot. He works at Harvard, so we would go there on his lunch break and sometimes we went on, you know, gates there, but that's our spot. That literally is our spot. And I typically order the same meal when I'm there. But, yeah, I, he's an amazing guy. I love him. I love you, Josh. And I hope that you have an amazing birthday. Um, thank you for the years of friend, 12 years of friendship. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I just, I love him so much. And I'm glad that we stayed friends. I'm glad that you're in my life because you're an important person. So that's all I have. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, again, follow me on TikTok, Miss Emmy Morgan. Help me get to that $1,000, $1,000, thousand follower goal that I, I'm trying to get so that I can go live and talk about my books with you guys. And do, I'm going to do a book giveaway. Um, hopefully, like I said before, I'm going to, take you behind the scenes at Kitty when I go down to the movie set so that you guys can see what our movie set looks like. I also have some big plans in the works for my lives. So I might even take you guys to the hospital right before I go in for my body sculpting surgery. So, yeah. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. I love you. Have a safe, And happy Sunday, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye, guys. Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.